wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is uh, Will Moal. I'm the pastor of the Paravista Angola Seventh-day Adventist Churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us wherever you may be tuning in from today. This week we are starting a brand new series this week. Our theme for today and the rest of the week is the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit. And today we're looking at the question, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and why do I react the way I do? So it's a very, um, it's a, Topic we're going to look at that might hit a bit close to home today, and uh, we're going to be looking at that today. So if you're just tuning in, thank you for joining. We're going to be looking at the topic of the Holy Spirit, which is um, we're going to be looking at uh, our presenters for the rest of this week. Today, my co-host is none other than Pastor Joseph Maticic. For our regular listeners, you will know that Pastor Joseph is the Secretary of the Adventist Churches in South Australia, and we normally do today's uh, program, so good to see you again, Pastor mm. Joseph. Yeah, it's great to be here, Will, and um, yeah, hello listeners, it's great to have you on board with us. Great, and so, um, yeah, so the topic of the Holy Spirit, the new birth, mm. so I can't wait to kind of unpack that today, but I especially like the topic we're going to be looking at, Joseph, which is, what's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah. What, what's wrong with me? Um, I guess it gets you thinking and wondering, wh- wh- where's this kind of going to be going? What, what do you mean by what's, what's wrong with me? Is anything really wrong with me? Um, but I think if, and when, if we're all really honest, we will recognize that yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something that we we, rec- we would acknowledge is not, not right with us. And um, those that know us the best will know that. Um, exactly. about us um, they will know that uh, what our characters are, are really really like so well um, that was the first my gut response to that um, when we got the um, when we got the email of what we're going to be looking at this week what's yes. wrong with it my first impression was you can ask my wife she'll tell you <laughs> she'll tell you everything that's wrong with me yes that's right <laughs> so uh, thank you for tuning in today wherever you may be tuning in from that's our topic today so we're looking at the new birth and the work of the Holy Spirit and it's a, it's it's a topic that I'm really looking into, um, Pastor Joseph. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the churches I have here in uh, at Gola, we just kind of uh, we had like a revival weekend essentially, and ah. we we're looking at the whole topic mm. of of being born again. You know, and the importance of the Holy Spirit and, and yeah. Jesus is importance of it. So I'm really looking forward to unpacking, I guess, a segment of that which is looking really at uh, ourselves personally. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with us? And I can't wait for you, Pastor Joseph, to kind of unpack some of these things for us today and for our listeners. Um, so, yeah, so why don't we uh, just segue into our World Watch uh, segment. This is where we kind of look at some articles that's kind of going around there um, out in the world today. So I thought I'd pick an article. It's a bit of a lighter article, Joseph, not a real heavy one. But mm. I figured, you know, Christmas is just around the corner and people are kind of thinking about Christmas yes. and, and family plans and you know, family coming and going and all that type of thing. So I've, I want to share an article with our listeners out there and with you actually as well. It's uh, from eternitynews.com.au and they've, they've got an article here uh, entitled How to Invite People to Church at Christmas. Mm. I thought that was a bit of a relevant topic because, you know, we're both pastors here. We've got listeners out there, uh, you know, thinking about um, maybe inviting a friend or a family member or a relative 
And uh, yeah, I thought uh, we would share it with our listeners out there today. So um, let me read a couple of lines here. It's from its article posted online there, eternitynews.com.au. How to invite people to church at Christmas, written by um, Anne Lim. And it says here, with Advent starting on Sunday, it's a good time to be thinking about how to invite people to church at Christmas. As you have conversations with people through December, how do you bring up the subject and what's the best way to overcome obstacles? You may also be thinking about how to talk about Jesus with your non-Christian friends and family over Christmas lunch and dinner. I turned to some tips to my friendly local evangelist, James Damon, who spends a great deal of time having conversations about Jesus with people in his role as an evangelist slash deacon with the Bush Church Aid Society. Over the past six years in the central west of New South Wales, first in Naramai, now Mudgee, and soon in Cobar, he has encouraged church members in chatting about Jesus over the farm gate and around town. For James, the whole issue of how to invite someone to church at Christmas is like putting the cart before the horse, and you need to go back a step. Now, he says here, I find this quite humorous, uh, Joseph. It says here, quote, from uh, James, asking someone to go to church is like asking them, would you like to come down to the police station with me <laughs> <laughs> or the courthouse? Yeah. He goes on to say, these are places that you avoid because you feel like you have to be on your best behavior. When did you last pop down to the police station <laughs> for fun? It's not exactly the hottest invitation for people, he mm. says. But then I like what he says here, Joseph. He says, the big thing I would say is to try to talk about Jesus before you extend an inv- invitation. We have to be, first of all, sensitive to seeing something of God work in a person's life, mm. looking for a softness of heart, then starting to talk to them about Jesus. So um, he's basically, um, yeah, he, and I'll, I'll just skip down a bit. You know, he talks about, you know, sometimes we can. He talks about in the article about, you know, having a flyer or something and kind of like a, a conversation starter. But this is what it boils down to. I think this was the practical aspect of it, Joseph. He says, when it does come time to personally invite someone to a Christmas service, you could simply ask, do you ever go to church at Christmas? Mm. And then you could follow up with the question, would you like to join us or would you like to join me this Christmas? He goes on to say they can always find reasonable excuses, like I've got family, so it's not too much of an awkward situation. If they're a little shy about saying no, you can take the pressure off by saying, yeah, I find that so few people go to church. I'm sort of a fish out of water. I often would then ask them, have you been to church before? And hear what their story is. And then if you haven't talked about Jesus yet, you can ask deeper questions like, have you ever heard much about Jesus? Yeah. Have you ever heard much about Jesus in your life? And then he goes on saying, what always amazes me is that the more people are prepared to speak Sorry, let me say that again. What always amazes me, James says, is that more people are prepared to speak about Jesus than you think. Mm. Yes. I think that's well written. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a bit more there. But yeah, but the idea of, you know, inviting someone to church and uh, particularly at this time of the year when, you know, people are, are, I guess, a bit more open to this idea of Jesus and Christianity. I mean, you know, you've got Christmas carols that are being, you know, played throughout the, the country and, you know, mm. TV shows. And then you go to the shopping centers and you see the little nativity scene, you know. Mm. They, you know. So, yeah, so the articles, yeah, just kind of encouraging church folks if they're having a church service on that particular day or, you know, leading up to it yeah. um, to be 
be a bit more intentional mm. about maybe inviting your friend or your neighbor or even sometimes your family members uh, to church. So, um, Christmas is the one time in the year really where Australians are probably most open to something a bit spiritual, a bit, a bit biblical, and probably the, the, the one time when you would uh, have the opportunity to invite people to, uh, when, when they would be open to coming to a church. Um, uh, Christmas, perhaps Easter, at Easter time, uh, people who don't normally go to church will po- possibly want to go then. Um, the only other times they would step into a church would yeah. be for a funeral or for a wedding. Yeah. And uh, but uh, yeah, Christmas does provide that that opportunity uh, for those of us who who have a you know, real faith commitment, who who do attend church, and who really understand that um, the real meaning of Christmas being to acknowledge the birth of Jesus as the as God's yeah. son. Uh, for us, it's it's significant. It's important. Yeah. It's not the only time, certainly that we go, but um, we we would see that as as an opportune time. And um, yeah, I like the way that he he referred it to there. You know, inviting someone to come to a church is like um, inviting <laughs> them to go down to the, the yeah. courthouse. You know, well, whoops, you know, I've got to, you know, what, what you know, sort of what have I done wrong? Yeah, it, yeah people aren't comfortable, yeah. um, which is uh, a real. Uh, a, a real challenge for us to to try to make sure make it so that people, but yeah, people not only are comfortable, but w- what he highlighted there, I think, was significant. Is it's um, prior to actually inviting them, we need to actually have had established a connection with these people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there needs to be a friendship, and I think of I think of some of the people that I interact with who don't attend church, they they have no faith commitment at all. Now, they yeah. know that I do. Yeah. They know that I go to church. They see me. Uh, I'm th- speaking people in, you know, speaking about my neighbours. They, uh, they, you know, they'll see me, you know, either drive off to church or when I return and I'll, yeah. I'll let them know that I've been at church. They, they're lovely people, but, um, they would not, they, they're not interested in anything spiritual at this stage, Will. That's right. And, um, whether they would come to a Christmas service, not sure. I think, I yeah. think they would be quite uncomfortable. They might come out of respect to us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it would be a matter of, um, of us, well, I clearly see that it's it's still important for us to build more of a, a, a relationship, trust, yeah, yeah. More, get, develop more trust and more of a, a bit more perhaps of an openness to some spiritual yeah. things. So, but still, it's it's very timely for, uh, over the next few weeks for us to be contemplating that uh, yeah. that whole topic. Yeah, um, just right at the end, just a, a couple of pointers. It says. Um, just as we wrap up this little part, it says, how to seize an opportunity at the dinner table on Christmas. It says, um, or on Christmas Day. So now it's kind of moving to, you know, the actual, you know, you're sitting there with your family and your friends. Okay, yeah. It says a few points. Number one, pray for an opportunity to speak mm. about Jesus. Two, prepare two questions so that you've got something to get the conversation started. Um, you can draw those questions from what you heard at church that morning, or it might be an interesting fact that you heard that you can spark a dialogue. Mm. And then James says, I try and find two things to say. So if one was a complete flop at the entree, you might have another go at dessert. Okay. <laughs> and then he's got a couple of poor points. He goes, try not to be corny, just be natural. That's point three. Number four, treat the conversation like playing tennis. When you play tennis, you hit the ball across the net. Hopefully something hits it back. 
and a rally follows. When you're talking about Jesus and making a statement or, question, or, or if you ask a question, it's like hitting the ball across the net. If there's no interest, just let it be. Mm. Don't make another statement or ask another question. However, if there is a positive response, make another statement or ask another question and so on. This is like the tennis rally. If we take this approach, we avoid being a, quote, Bible basher, and we can engage with the people who wish to be engaged. That's an interesting analogy. Yeah, it's so a, kind, it's of, a like, really kind of like throwing the, the seed out, you know, like like the bait type of thing. And and also using that tennis analogy, though, it's it's very much responding to what's what, what comes what, back yeah. to you. Uh, so you're so not ramming it down their throat. You're not. No, you 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 got to gauge it. That's you gotta, exactly. You got to see what. That's what, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So it depends what comes back to you. Uh, if, if, if it is clearly a point blank re- refusal, well, really, it, that's where you kind of need to leave it. Yeah. You are not going to achieve anything by, by retorting, uh, by pushing back. Yeah. Uh, at all, it probably make them even more yeah. opposed and less open to, yeah. to something spiritual. So, yeah. yeah. So there you go, listeners. Out, you know, if you want to, yeah, if, if you've got something coming up at your church and you've got a, you know, something around Christmas, it'd be, yeah, it'd be uh, maybe a, a good time to maybe invite a friend or someone that you've been, you know, interacting mm. with, building that relationship with. So that's our article for today: how to invite people to church at Christmas. Um, uh, from eternitynews.com.au. Hey, we uh, got a book offer that we want to just promote before we go to our song. So the book that we are offering to all you guys out there is the book 10 Days in the Upper Room, Receiving the Gift of the Holy Spirit by uh, Evangelist Pastor Mark Finley. And the little blurb says, Have you ever wondered why the disciples had such a death-defying faith? What gave them the courage to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth? Why were they so different after Pentecost? In this book, you revisit the upper room and specifically study the preparation necessary to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hey, I've got this book at home. I've got a copy of this. And uh, love the material there by Pastor Mark Finley. And it will bless your life. So if you'd like to receive a free copy of the book, uh, 10 days in the upper room. Um, you need to text us the code word. That's SA83, no gaps in between. SA83 to the number 04888-80811. And our friendly bot will get in touch with you and get that book out to you as soon as possible. So once again, the book is 10 days in the upper room by Pastor Mark Finley. If you want a free copy, text us the code word SA83 to the number 04888 80811. We're going to go to some music. We'll be right back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. Lord, I offer up this rebel heart So stubbornness so from the start I don't want to fight you anymore So take this rebel heart and make it yours Father, I no longer want to run You've broken my resistance with your love Rounded underneath the crimson spill So bend this rebel heart 
You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with myself, Pastor Will Moala, and my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich, who is the Secretary of the Adventist Churches in South Australia. If you're just tuning in, we are beginning a new series uh, for this week's theme, and the theme is The New Birth and the Work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be looking at for the rest of today and the rest of the week. So today uh, we are looking at the question, what's wrong with me and why do I react the way I do? And very interesting topic title. And mm. I, I hope that it will uh, resonate with um, you as you're listening out there today. So, so Pastor Joseph, I know that you've got some things you want to share on this topic. So why don't you share with our listeners, why don't you open up this conversation? What is actually wrong with us and what does the Bible actually say about us and in our condition? Thank you. What's wrong with me and why do I react the way I do? Well, that, yep. that is something that, you know, I, 
we, we all will face it. We all face at some stage, and I know that I've met a number of people, Will, who, um, yeah, they say, you know, why do I react this way? I, yeah. I, I don't want to be losing my cool and you know struggling with this, you know, whether it's an addiction or, or, or whatever it may be. And so, a real, a really, really real thing that we are we're looking at, and um, yeah. I'm sure any of our listeners might uh, have um, some thoughts and um, yeah, experiences in, in this area as well. Um, you know, despite all the human advancement, human nature has not changed. Right. Our modern culture, despite its wealth and its knowledge, still faces a problem. That problem is us. Yeah. You think about the advancement in our society, whether it be in technology uh, whether it be in sciences, uh, travel, developments in travel, speed of communication, for example, education. Um, there have been a lot of advancements, a lot of improvements. We've come a long way. Think about medicine. We have such a better understanding nowadays of diseases, their causes, and how to treat them. And... Um, our understanding of the human body right. has has come a long way. Thanks, thanks especially to you know, more recently understanding the DNA, you know, genes, etc. So we, we've we have learnt and developed so much and gained so much of an understanding. But di- even though we understand the human body, will right. I wonder whether we still can really understand the human mind? Or should I say the human heart? And I don't mean the literal organ uh, that pumps blood around our bodies. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the human psyche, the, the, what it is that makes us tick, that motivates us, that, that guides us, that controls us, our impulses. And I would suggest that despite all the advancement, in technology, in society, in equipment, in science, even in our medicine, uh, we have not yet been able to fix the greatest problem, and that is the human person, their character. Let me share uh, a couple of thoughts here that um, uh, some time ago a, a psychiatrist by the name of Carl Menninger uh, made he 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 points out that it's actually difficult to imagine our universe in terms of of complete peace. Now that's that's an interesting thought. He says instead we are faced with evidences of conflict everywhere, love and hate, creation and destruction. There's the constant war of opposing tendencies. Now we are, we are currently um, being aware of. A literal war in over there in, in Ukraine. Yep, yep. Um, that's been going on for some time, and wars and conflicts are nothing new. We've seen this in a number of of places, and has been for centuries. Will right and continues, and um, yeah. So it's interesting. I think manages onto something here when he says that it's it, it's just difficult to imagine a time of of of, of concord of, of total peace. Uh, we, we see conflict everywhere. Humans are still selfish, violent, abusive. We still struggle with depression, anxiety, anger, 
the whole issue of mental health. Yeah. We recognise that, yeah, there are so many things that in, in a deep down in, in humans is, is, is not right. Um, some years later, Carl Menninger wrote this. He said, Sins have become crimes and crimes have become illnesses. Let me say that again. Sins have become crimes and crimes have become illnesses. Right. That's, uh, that's quite profound. Uh, society cannot find health until it comes to grips with the lost concept of sin. One of the biggest questions that we need to address is, are humans inherently good or bad? Now, that's a, that could be an interesting one to, uh, to put out there, actually, and to see, see what, what our listeners think. Are humans inherently good or bad? No. Because what you believe about that question will determine how you understand human nature and how you deal with life's greatest problems. You see, uh, secular counsellors... Will will uh, will will essentially indicate to you that humans are humans are good. Now they'll say that the issue that you're dealing with, what the, the matter that you've come to see a secular uh, counselor or psychologist about, they will say, well, your issue is either something from your family upbringing, yeah, yeah. Um, or it is it, it is some experience that you've had. They will not. They will not identify and and try to indicate that the person themselves is real is really responsible for 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 what's going on. And as we've said above, this shows us that despite all the human advancement, we have not been able to fix the human heart, the person. Yeah. You think about it. Every country has police, has courts, has an army. There are jails. And have been for, you know, for, for, for yeah. centuries. What does that show us? It shows us that as humans we have a problem. And um, it's that problem that we're wanting to, to identify. And even though, as I said, um, counsellors or psychologists, they try to uh, reason it away and refer to it as just a dysfunction or a family upbringing or uh, whatever else, the Bible actually brings a different picture. The first point that we need to need to make here is the fact of sin. Right. That sin is real. And that sin is universal. That sin is universal. I want to read this uh, from, um, from Romans chapter 3, Will. And uh, Romans chapter 3 says this. In verses 10 and 11, it says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God, he goes on to say. Um, Notice the words there, no one, not one. A little bit further on in that chapter, it, uh, it puts it bluntly. Verse 23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned, it says. All. 
you know, th- there's one thing that you don't have to teach children. Yeah. And uh, you've probably already experienced this <laughs> as, as a young parent yourself. But the, but the one thing you don't have to teach children is, is how to sin. Yeah. Um, any parent knows that. You see, sin is universe, universal. Put it this way. It has infected and affected every human being. Right. It's universal. And the Bible says here, there's no one right. All have sinned. That means it's universal. Even, even, um, even someone like a, a secular person, and the novelist John Steinbeck, and uh, he, he, re- he recognized this. Notice what he, statement he made. He says this. Listen to this. He says, I believe that there is one story in the world and only one. Humans are caught in their lives, their thoughts, in their hunger and ambitions, in their avarice and cruelty, in, in, and in their kindness and generosity too, in a net of good and evil, he says. Interesting words. Yeah, this is from yeah. a, a, a secular writer, uh, not, not someone who, who's looking from the Bible, who, who has a faith in God, but he recognizes that there is this something deep down in, in, yeah. in humans uh, it's, that, that's not right. And so he says, how, how does he put it? There's only one story that humans are caught in this, in this net of good and evil. So the Bible, again, you know, as it states, what it is, is that it's the condition of sin that has affected and infected every human being. Right. All have sinned. And then in Romans chapter 3, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 6, that was Romans 3 where it says all have sinned, but over in chapter 6, uh, verse 23, the Bible says that wages of sin is death. And as we know, we all we are all mortal beings. We all we all yeah. die. Why? Because we're we've all got this condition mm. of sin. So sin. The, the point I, we need to establish right here, Will, is that sin is humanity's yeah. greatest uh, problem. Hey, and I, I I agree with what you're saying because essentially the the Bible's giving us the answer to our question today. What's wrong with humanity? What's wrong with us? Yeah, the Bible is saying, quite frankly, it's sin, and. I just thought I'd interject here because um, we live in a culture where evil is not really defined that way. And I'm just thinking of, you know, the, you know, Richard Dawkins who, you know, who wrote, you know, the God delusion and he wrote a, and I want to just quote what he says on this because it's very, it's a contrast of views because the Bible is saying this is the problem. And then um, I guess how other people kind of define it. Yeah. And he says, I guess a quote from his book, um, Richard Dawkins, The River Out of Eden, A Darwinian View of Life. Listen to this quote. I think it's very interesting, Um, Hmm. Joseph. He says, In a universe of electrons and selfish genes, blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt, other people are going to get lucky, and and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it, nor any justice. And here's the kicker. The universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect it if... There is at bottom no design, no purpose, yeah. no evil. In other words, no sin, yeah. no good, yeah. nothing but pitiless indifference. So I found that very interesting. That you know, a guy that um, 
you know, he's an atheist, obviously, yeah. and doesn't believe in the Christian worldview. He says, hey, sin is just a product of, of you know, evolution, you know, kind of like the survival of the fittest, you know, people are going to get hurt, there's going to be casualties along the way. So he doesn't really kind of... Well, he's he always, doesn't really attempt to answer the question of evil. He just he's, kind of he's not. brushes he's, it aside as, you know, it's just something that well, it's just part of our, you know, makeup. We, we're just, you know, advanced, you know, you know, animals. And, um, so it's just part of life, part of the evolutionary process, as it were. Yeah. And, he, uh, and he's even actually, um, doing away with the concept of, of, Defining good and well, yeah. identifying that there is good or evil. If if you if you just looked at there again, that that's what you just shared there, Will. I think you'll find that yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes what, the what universe that we observe, talking about you know, yeah. has precisely the pro- properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good. No, so notice that no evil, no. no so good. he's he's essentially denying the existence of good or yeah, evil. That's right. It's kind of like a moral neutrality. Yeah. Which means that there is no, yeah, no right or wrong. And yeah. yeah, so humans are just the way they are. They're either going to be lucky or unlucky, as he, I think, as yeah. he puts it. That's, and that, that is, is really, uh, probably at the heart of what, what, what yeah. we're kind of wrestling with. So here it is. I guess why I want to throw that in, Joseph, because, mm. he, you know, the Bible is, you know, man and there's, you know, people like Richard Dawkins trying to explain evil. Like he, this is his attempt of explaining this question. Yeah. What is wrong with us? We are just, we are just part of the evolutionary process. And so people, why we see so much evil and suffering in the world, that's just the world we live in because of there's no design, no purpose and all this. What we're saying, what you're saying is the Bible is making it very clear. The reason why what's wrong with us is the problem of sin. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's two, you know, there's a chasm between the two ideas. So yeah, so yeah, keep going, Joseph. Yeah, the, the problems we are facing in our world are not the real problems. Yeah, that, so, <laughs> that, they are just the symptom of the real of the real yeah. issue. And I was just thinking, you know, like you, you watch what's going on in the United States and all these mass shootings, and mm. and one you know argument is, well, let's get rid of the guns, mm. kind of thing. And I'm not trying to say yay or nay on that issue, but. The problem is not the guns. It's the people yeah, that are operating that's the right. guns. Yeah, what they do with yeah, the guns. So it's not like you're saying it's more than let's, you know, it's a heart issue. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's deep within the human psyche and the heart. You know, it's not about, you know, get rid of the guns or make better laws and people will be better people. Yeah. It's actually, as you're saying, it's, it's very much, it comes back to the root of, of why humanity is the way it is and the Bible is making it clear it's sin. Well, that's right. It, it, the, the, the problems that we're facing in the world are not the real problems. They are just symptoms of the real issue. For example, uh, marital conflict, uh, issues, you know, marriage and, and domestic. Yeah. Uh, it's not a real problem. Don't make, they're not the real problem. That's where you've got humans hurting each other. A racism, it's not yeah. the real problem. It is humans seeing others as less of less value and worth. Yeah. That's that's what the real problem there is. Uh, sickness and diseases are not the real problem. They are the consequences of the fact that humans are not perfect. Yeah. That we are, are mortal beings. Right, right, right. Disabilities, for example, they are symptoms of being in a sinful world. Addictions are not the real problem either. Yeah, they are the. 
the result of the the brain. It's all symptoms. Yeah, the brain being wired or, or damaged and trapped in 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 a harmful cycle. Uh, violence, crime. Again, these aren't the real problem. They are symptoms of humans being broken. Think about even um, uh, you know greed and corruption. Uh, that's not the real problem. The real problem is that it's it's humans' desire for yeah. for self. Um, injustice. It's not the real problem. The real problem is humans not internalizing love and yeah. mutual re- respect. The whole issue about our environment, you know, the climate change and all concern about protecting the environment, etc. I'd even suggest as far as to say that even that's not the real problem. The real problem is um, humanity's, uh, well, up until now, humanity's real um, push for self at the expense of caring for yeah. God, God's creation. Yeah. So humanity's greatest problem is sin. But we don't like to admit yeah, this. Yeah, that's right. We don't like to admit this. Have you ever noticed what happens when people behave in ways that are destructive or that get them in trouble? You notice what happens? Yeah. Well, it, it gets rationalized. It gets explained away. For example, at a school, if there's a student who's who does something wrong that results in them getting suspended or expelled from the school, uh, such as being violent or using drugs, what what tends to happen is that when when that's sh- uh, <laughs> talked about or reported, they often talk about the background of the student or their home situation. Yeah. You know, just to say, well, you know, that's right. you can't really, you know. Almost trying to rationalize, justify the behavior. For example, take a serial killer who goes and shoots and kills other people. When that's reported, often they, they try to, you know, the media tries yeah, to find something, something, something from their background, yeah. you know, what they watched or what they, how they grew up with and, you know, that led, led that to, to take place. You know, so there's always seems to be something to, to where people look to, to justify. We, we don't want to, I like to admit that sin ultimately is, you know, we are sinful, sinful beings. The fact is, though, that that's what it is. We're all broken, we're all broken people. Can I say something as well, Joseph? Because you said, you know, people try and explain, you know, why they did what they did. You know, I couldn't help but think, I think it was in the early 90s when they had that big mass shooting over in Columbine, that big Columbine, oh, the Columbine massacre. Yeah. Two, I think there was two of them that went around shooting people in. Um, yeah. But very interesting, I think... Memory, my memory serves me correctly. Um, one of those guys who went around, you know, performing these acts, I think he had a shirt that literally had on writing on his t-shirt was mm. natural selection or something like that. Okay, which was really well. Well, what's that coming from? It's coming from this evolutionary worldview. Uh, you know, basically, you know, I think that's you know, I may be wrong, but I remember when the, that news came out, and I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know. If if you, I guess where we're coming from as Christians, when, when you take God out of this, and and I think you're going to get to that is, like you said, people are we don't value people, we don't value human life, mm. and if we really are just part of the animal kingdom, where you know it's survival of the fittest, well then what really is well what is good or bad, you know that there, type there, of thing. There is nothing to yeah. that defines right and wrong. There is no like a uh, an objective yeah. moral definition. And um, and that that reminds me, and, and we need to highlight this one actually. Will this is significant? We've we, we've made it very clear that sin is universal, right? Yeah, sin is universal. Yes, now we haven't fully even said you know, really what sin is, but 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 we need to just 
at the outset is yeah. essentially acknowledge that it's it's our brokenness. Okay, yeah. that's that's what's wrong with us. It, it's 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 the thing that makes us wrong, <laughs> do wrong, act wrong, be wrong. Now the Bible also makes the point that sin is the transgression of the law. Okay, so. You see, um, if 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 you do as you said, if you do away with God, if you do away with the whole concept of of there being a right and wrong of of being someone perfect like right. God who has a law, yeah. and that law um, defines what's right and wrong, then then there is no that there, there there is no sin, um, and so that's 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 the thing. Again, sin is the transgression of the law. Sin is the breaking of the law, which means that the law defines what is right, right. and wrong. Right. You do away with that, then then you don't have it, and you don't, it, you'll never get to acknowledge our true state. Right. Hey, Joseph, we're just going to have to pause very quickly. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be back for the to round this off. But uh, we want to just promote that free book offer one more time in our show today. Um, the book that we're offering today to you, our listeners out there, is the book 10 Days in the Upper Room by Pastor Mark Finley. And so if you want to really dig deep into this topic of the Holy Spirit, looking at how God blessed the New Testament church, the importance of the Holy Spirit, I know that you'll be super blessed to receive this book. So if you want to receive a free copy, please text the code word here in the studio, SA83, SA83 to 04888-80811. One more time, the code word is SA83 to 04888-80811. 80811 text the code word and our friendly bot will get in touch with you and we'll be happy to send that book out to you as soon as possible so we've got a quick song we'll be back in just a few moments you're listening to faith fm drive time big q a
I thank Him for the valleys, and I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them, and I'd never know what faith in God can do. Through it all, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with myself, Will Moala, and my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichic. We're on the tail end of our show today. We're looking at the topic uh, of the Holy Spirit, and particularly our question today is, what's wrong with us? And Pastor Joseph has been really shedding some light on this topic from a biblical perspective, talking about sin and this idea of of what sin has done to us. But before we give you the time, Joseph, in our last few minutes of our program today, I just want to shout out some of those people who have actually texted in for our free book offer. We want to just acknowledge Margie, or Margie, I think. Uh, thank you for tuning in. She's one of our loyal listeners. She is, So yeah. uh, thank you, Margie, if you're listening right now. Also, we want to um, thank you to Wendy, who's called in, texting for a book, and also Olga as well. So Olga, Wendy, and Margie, we want to thank you, and we'll get the we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. Uh, so, yeah, Joseph, in the few minutes we have remaining, um, walk us through. You, you ended with this idea that we all have this problem of sin, mm. Romans three. So, uh, walk us through from there. Yeah, thank you, Will. And so, uh, what we need to acknowledge is that the ultimately. What's wrong with us is the fact that we, we, we are sinners, and the yeah. Bible says that this is universal. And, okay, okay, we've established that. Well, how do we get into this situation? Um, and, um, you know, uh, that, that's, that's an important question to, to look at. Um, Psalm 51 verse 5 uh, says these words. This is interesting. The psalmist says, Surely I was sinful at birth, yeah. sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Now, does that? Yeah. Right, right from the very beginning, the Bible seems to indicate that oh, we were, yeah. we have become that we you know we were born this way. Yeah. 
And like we said, uh, touched on a little bit earlier, one thing you don't have to teach children is 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 how to sin. Um, how do we get into this state? Romans 5.12 says that through one man sin entered the world and death through sin for all have sinned. Now, okay, that one, one man, man right. is, is Adam or the first humans. Um, and that's referring back to the story in Genesis chapter yeah. 3 in the Garden of Eden right. where God said to the humans, you, you may freely eat but don't eat from that particular tree. And so the humans actually disobeyed God. And as a result, there are immediate consequences, and uh, that has actually brought in sin into the world. Right. So what we see there is essentially sin. Sin is uh, as a result of them not obeying God, not trusting God, not not following yeah. Him. That's how we've gotten into this mess, yeah. Will. Really. Yeah. Uh, it's humans um, not 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 choosing to go God's way. Humans choosing to do their own thing. Okay. Right. That that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, it's not not even that just that specific act of you know the woman Eve taking taking the yeah. fruit or eating yeah. of a yeah. fruit. It it actually starts from the whole point of of humans saying not wanting to do God's way but their way. Yeah. And that shows that as humans, our, our way gets us into trouble, and yeah. and that's what's happened. And essentially, it broke 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 that connection. Um, you know, I, I could uh, probably ask, you know, uh, are we then you know, born condemned or whatever? Well, uh, that that leads to, I guess, some other uh, yeah. concepts which we we won't explore here today. But as right. a result of that, that's where you know, I guess, Roman Catholics have developed the whole concept of, of, of christening. You know, because I think, oh well, you know, as soon as it's born, you need to be yeah need to be baptized in case they you know they they die before they have a chance to uh, to do anything else right, or, right. or sin well what we need to understand is that just on that one very quickly the bible doesn't anywhere teach uh, infant baptism or or the christening of babies or anything like that uh, rather it clearly shows that on all occasions it was it was people who were old enough to make make um Make decisions for them Correct. for themselves. Now, um, it has been deba- debated by scholars and theologians, many many people, about whether we we are actually inherently good or evil, or yeah. are we morally neutral? Um, are we good or evil, one or the other? It's actually a little bit of both, really. Mm. Um, humans have the ability to do both good and bad. Uh, now, some say that as long as you're in the right environment or have the good education, you can be trained to develop just into good. Really? Yet those who take advantage of others or con people can be well-educated people themselves. What about social engineering or genetic modification? Well, even that doesn't deal with the ultimate human situation. Yes, there is an innate ability in all of us to do good, but our natural tendency is not. Social engineering, genetic tinkering, they cannot fix the deep-seated sin problem. In fact, in, the, in um, a couple of passages in the book of Jeremiah, for instance, the Bible, the Bible makes uh, this statement, Will. It says that um, in Roman, uh, sorry, in, uh, here in Jeremiah 13, verse 23, can an Ethiopian change his skin yep. or a leopard his spots? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to, do evil. to doing mm-hmm. Evil, yep. and in chapter seventeen and verse nine, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Whoa! You see, it's actually impossible for us as humans to be able to um, to fix yeah. the problem of sin. 
the greatest problem facing our world is not the COVID virus, I would say. It's the virus of sin. Yeah. That's what leads to all the problems that, that we face. Right. But this is where the good news comes in. The good news is that we cannot do it, but God has done it. Amen to that. We need a saviour. Now, very soon, yeah, we, we will, will, the world will be talking about the birth of, of a baby in a manger. And yet what, what we may not realise uh, or perhaps easily overlook is in the Bible when it describes that event, Matthew chapter 1, notice what it says in verse 21. They will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Right. From their sins. You see, we need a saviour, and Jesus is that saviour. We've established that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then that, 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 that verse continues and says that are justified freely by his grace yeah. through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news is what we call the gospel. That through faith in Jesus, we can be justified or declared right. And by God's power, we can be made right. Uh, Will, I want to share a, uh, a quote. It's from a classic book called Steps to Christ. Go ahead. Listen to this. This is a powerful statement. Listen very carefully as I read. It is impossible for us, it says, of ourselves to escape from the pit of sin in which we are sunken. Notice that? It's mm, impossible. impossible. yeah. Our hearts are evil and we cannot change them. Yep. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. Quoting from Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Then this quote goes on. Education, culture, the exercise of the will, human effort, all have their proper sphere. But here... That is uh, being able to deal with uh, the, the, our, our our nature yeah, and our, our, our pit of, yeah yeah our heart and the problem of sin. Here, education, culture, the exercise of the will, even human effort, are powerless. They're powerless. They may produce an outward correctness of behaviour, but they cannot change the heart. They cannot purify the springs of life. There must be a power working from within, a new life from above. Mm, that's right. Now, over the next few days here, we're gonna, that's going to be unpacked even more. But let me just uh, finish off this quote. Uh, it says, There must be a power working from within, a new life from above, before people can be changed from sin to holiness. Wow. That power, it says here, that power is Christ. His grace alone can quicken or bring to life the lifeless faculties of the soul and attract it to God. That's from Steps of Christ. Um, and um, powerful there. Well, Will, I just want to leave this in the end. It's a statement from Isaiah chapter 64, which says that all our best efforts are like filthy rags. Mm. Look, I want to invite anyone who's, who's tuned in today. Do you see that deep down we're all broken and bent? that we cannot help ourselves, that our best efforts are filthy rags? Do you see that behind all our pain and struggles for meaning is the condition of sin? If you do, is it your desire to admit and say, yes, 
I am a sinner in need of a saviour. If so, I invite you to call out to God. He will save you. If you need more, just contact us at this station here at Faith FM. Let me just pray very quickly. Lord, help us deep down to acknowledge that we are sinful beings, that we need to turn to you. And I pray that anyone out there will admit that and accept the free gift of salvation that you provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Joseph, for walking us through that uh, important topic today. Time's up for tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll look at, time's up today. (laughs) Tomorrow's topic we'll be looking at the question, what did Christ mean we must be born again? And so until then, we leave you with this promise from Jesus. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next time.